Hello. Welcome to Hazardous Opinions. I'm Andy. There's Eric. Hello. And today we're covering American Psycho, which is a thriller, dark comedy uh, made in the year 2000. And yeah, it's a good movie. Indeed. Depending on who you are, I guess. (laughs) Yeah. uh, Directed by Mary Heron, if I'm pronouncing that right, or Haran. Starring Christian Bale, our Mr. Batman there. And yeah, I pretty much didn't know anyone else in the movie. I guess we got Willem Dafoe in here and Jared Leto, but they're not really big characters at all. And Reese Witherspoon. A lot of, a lot of small people that you'll uh, see once or twice in the movie. But right. Christian Bale is the uh, the main through line for us here. So yeah, it serves uh, Bale as our main protagonist, Mr. Patrick Bateman. Uh, he's kind of a psychopath that is a super rich like investment worker. They don't really go too much into the firm. And uh, it turns out no he idea what he does has a great desire to kill. And we kind of see him delving through his psychotic break through the movie as he uh, kills some people and says some very, well, I guess every type of ist and ism throughout this movie. And uh, <laughs> right. it's generally just an overall hateable character, but somehow you're sort of rooting for him to not get caught. Uh, I was hoping he'd get caught. We <laughs> got to take this man off the streets. He's too dangerous. It's just, it's just wild. Yeah. He's the CEO of a company uh, called Pierce and Pierce. I think they, they keep calling it, PMP. I probably heard it once throughout the whole film where he works once or twice. Yes. And uh, we don't get to know what they do at this company, but he hangs out with a bunch of other executives uh, from the same company. And they, they, they don't do anything at work. They just talk about world events or other people. (laughs) They're gossiping and then making reservations. It's, all they yeah, talk about making it's reservations. very uh, surface level friendships, if you want to call it that. <laughs> yeah, Haran or Heron hasn't really directed much that I know of. Like I looked through her directography and wasn't really anything I recognized. Some uh, one-off episodes of different TV shows, but nothing, nothing big other in this movie. So we're continuing on a weird trend of. Uh, directors that just have that that one huge hit yeah this was written after a book i believe yeah it'd be also based on um by easton ellis easton easton ellis yeah is the author of the book but did uh i think it goes back to uh, his name is escaping me but the one who wrote uh the original psycho back in like the 50s 60s um what psycho yeah psycho uh alfred hitchcock sorry oh yeah yeah it was a 1960 movie which is also the same name of well psycho similar similar title card and the uh main character is also patrick bateman yeah and um there has been a lot of controversy about this book as well it's it was actually named the 53rd most banned and challenged book 
from 1990 to 1999 by the American Library Association. Interesting. Also, in uh, in Germany, the book was deemed harmful to minors as its sales and marketing severely restricted from 1995 to 2000. So, very controversial book and uh, harmful to minors. I don't know. I don't. I don't think there is anything to be uh, like extracted from this as glamorization or anything of that sort. I. I don't know if I agree with that. There, it definitely doesn't like glamorize him. Like any normal person can watch this kind of movie and be like, "Wow, that guy's a fucking nut." And right, it's just the problem that those people that are uh, more easily influenced maybe don't know the direction in life yet. They're looking for a role model to latch onto, and they kind of say, "Hey, he's really cool, and he's <laughs> sleeping with all these girls." So I just have to act like that to get the same results type of thing. Yeah. Yeah. You just have to murder some people. No big deal. Also, like there is, there's this thing with this movie that is, it's a, it's a little ambiguous per se, because we don't Mm -hmm. actually know if he killed all these people. We all know he has psychopathic like fantasies, but we don't actually know if he killed all these people. And I and uh, from what I've read, like the author of this book wants to keep that ambiguous in in a sense that that like they don't want to openly say, did he kill these people or did they not? Did he not kill these people? They just want it's open for interpretation. Yeah, I agree. I went back over all of the uh, the kills in my mind after afterwards and did not remember any that like you had any guaranteed proof for. So it's an interesting one. Yeah. And not to defend it in any way, whether he did it or did not do it. The man is psychotic. Uh, he he wants to break out into this alter ego of his where he just he's just a mass murderer and he, he can't help himself. I mean, it's like a it's like a Dexter thing, but he just wants to kill everybody instead of like <laughs> the bad people. Yeah. By the way, spoiler warning for this movie. <laughs> yeah, by the way, spoiler warning. Uh, forgot to mention that it's, uh, I don't know what you expected. Uh, if you saw the, the big butcher knife, uh, have you ever seen the title picture? Yep. Yeah. I don't know. Knife. You could probably expect there is uh murder in this film. So, I mean, even yeah. from the trailer, especially since the tagline for the movie is just killer looks. So, right. I guess that the spoiler is like, you don't actually know if he did it. Yeah. He, you know, already said in the beginning that he just, he, his ego is basically who he presents himself as Patrick Bateman. And he's not actually that person, but he has to play a part. And Mm -hmm. in a sense, I mean, we all kind of do that, but he takes it to extreme that he just like, Oh, I'm a mass murderer. I should not be doing any of this. And like he is problems with his identity and it just it spirals out of control. Yeah. So what do you uh, what do you give this movie out of 10? I give this a solid eight out of 10. I I could watch it and just pick it apart all day. I mean, I I really appreciate films like this that'll just uh, that are ambiguous like this and delve into a 
in into a certain state of mind. The humor in it is great. Also, it's just yeah. it's just ridiculous. Yeah, pretty good to me. I'm uh, about in the same boat. I'd give it just under an eight, about seven point eight, seven point nine. This movie is really good, despite me hating the main character all the way through. It's got great comedy, and if you're like me and watching this movie really late for the first time, you will be meme spotting throughout the whole movie. Yep. And it is a fun game. My motivation to watch this movie for the first time, uh, I can't remember. It was in recent years. I think it was like a year or two ago. Um, mm-hmm. I actually started watching it because of the memes. Like I just like was scrolling on my phone because I was bored, didn't have anything to watch. And um, it was probably the third time that day I saw that meme where he just has his headphones in and just like they just put some random track in the backgrounds, like what <laughs> I'm listening to going to work after, you know, oh, yeah, shitting my brains out in the bathroom or something. Or he's like in his <laughs> suit, just listening to his music at his desk. and Or when he's walking through that hallway, pretty much. Or oh. when he's uh, also like talking on the phone with uh, Dorcia's. Yeah, there's there's so many. Like, there's one where he like purses his lips and look at the camera. And oh yeah, like people are like uh, a lot of sigma know, memes. Yeah, that one. Yeah, which is <laughs> where the mindset starts to uh, degrade our society a little bit. Right, <laughs> definitely into the meme culture as well. Because I mean, yeah, people can just take these as a joke, is what most of the memes are meant to be. It's just these some people do latch onto that. And it's like, oh, that's a good role model. Like, uh, like you mentioned, like taxi yeah. driver, or or the other ones they have like t- terrible male role models. But um, right, yeah, like, like don't don't watch these and think that that's how I'm supposed to be. You know, no, I uh, I definitely also seen an equal amount of distasteful memes uh, stemming from this film. Also, like. There is some things that Patrick says that for some reason on earth, uh, people respect. He's like, wow, man, he's an alpha. He's a Sigma male, man. <laughs> and it's like, no, he's just a psychopath, man. I, 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 I like it, it gets into controversial topics on what, what he means based, uh, versus what he says. And like, however you want to interpret it, like, how he says it isn't even that good anyways. So I don't know how you could pick that apart and say that, Oh yeah, he's just an alpha male. Uh, it doesn't make any sense to me. <laughs> yeah. I had, uh, he, he's just kind of an asshole around. He Bateman makes a comment some, at some point through the movie, he's like, I'm just kind of like devoid of emotion. I, I don't feel all these things normal humans do. All I feel is ego and greed. And that's pretty accurate. He just doesn't give a shit about anyone. And I uh, actually marked it down in my notes. I think it was the the second interview with Kimball, who's played by uh, William Defoe, Willem. And he finally hit his, his racist comment. And so like, Oh, there you go. We got the trifecta. He, he's already made tons of sexist comments throughout this movie and homophobic ones. And finally got the, the third one down there. Yeah. And, um, yeah, it's scary to know that there is a lot of people that would agree with him on these certain topics. But yeah, apart from the, that, uh, sorry, they uh, said something about Jews too. So you gotta 
put religion in there as well. Oh, yeah. He's, yep. just, he's hitting everything. I mean, I guess to be fair, in his case, he kind of... Uh, <laughs> He, he told the other guy to dial it down with the anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> no, I don't no. know if that who's the good guy in that situation, but there was a there was another one later where I think Bateman actually makes a comment about Jews. Oh, of course he does. <laughs> but I, that that one's a meme too. I like that the the Kool-Aid with the anti-Semitic remarks. <laughs> yeah, except people use it for the opposite way. Of course, of course. Yeah, they always do. Uh, it's misinformation. It's everywhere. <laughs> yeah, this this movie is fantastic time, though. I think I you'd, you'd mentioned before uh, that I watched this movie to listen for like the videotapes thing. Uh, I counted three times him saying these return videotapes throughout this three movie. Three times, yeah. Because <laughs> it's just it's, it's his it's his excuse for everything. Just. Yep, I gotta go return some videotapes. <laughs> yeah, and uh, to give some t- context to that story, um, before we watched this, we were we were talking about like like ways to leave a situation, and then I said like, oh, I could just say I have to return some videotapes, and yeah, you didn't get the joke, but I thought that it was funny, and then like you know here and there, if I ever need to go and be like, I have to return some videotapes. <laughs> <laughs> I can see how that really confused you. <laughs> just it doesn't work anymore. It might have worked in 2000 it, when Blockbuster well, was still a thing. Yeah. Well, now that you know that the reference, like I could say it, and then you'll know that I'm just like leaving for whatever reason to uh, <laughs> murder some people. To murder some people or whatever. You have to go clear the evidence. You have to go. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, so this movie had a really elegant opening. I I really liked it, it. It was a stark contrast to like the last couple where uh, we've had like really strong openings. These last few movies like Matrix, their opening was perfectly on theme. Uh, Mouth of Madness, perfectly on theme. This one I felt like just right on there as well, like um, perfectly with like the elegant theme of everything being super rich yet yep. like conceited type of thing. Yeah, and that's uh that's the entire like culture surrounding this film too. It's uh actually I looked it up. It's called uh yuppie culture. Yeah, I've heard of that. Yeah, so a uh, yuppie is often characterized by youth, affluence, or business success. And uh like throughout this film there is like all these executives, including uh Bateman, they really they're really, really materialistic and they're all rich. They don't have like the capacity to care about anything else other than the latest designer clothes or business cards or or Trump. Trump? Did you notice they made like three different Trump comments in this movie? Oh, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I remember you was looking at Donald up the, Trump. <laughs> yeah, is that Donald Trump? Well, and, yeah, because I'm, I'm assuming Donald Trump is a person that they look up to. Like, yeah. I mean, they're in. This is in New York, right? Yep. It's on Wall Street. I mean, he works on Wall Street. That's that's how I was able to figure that oh, out. But yep. And they uh, they were in like a one of the diners again later, and he's like, "Is that Ivana Trump?" It's like, "Oh my <laughs> yeah, god!" Yeah, right. Obsessed with the whole family. Yep. And uh, and I'm not entirely sure if that's a thing with uh, rich people. They they want to be like Donald Trump, or they respect his his work ethic or whatever. 
Yeah. I mean, I suppose at that time in the business world, he's, he's a pretty rich guy. So he was, yeah, Big name. pretty rich guy and built several businesses with this small loan of a million dollars and uh, very, yeah, very small loan made it from the bottom, man. Now we're here. Yeah. <laughs> so I, I could, I guess I could see that if, if they were a bunch of rich dudes wanting to be like that. Yeah. We see Bateman like almost immediately going off the rails in one of his uh, first scenes. So he goes to the club with a couple of his friends. And when the bartender lady turns around to get him his drink, he immediately starts like yelling that he's going to kill her and just like doing it in detail. But she, she doesn't hear him from the music. And Yeah. I think he said, uh, he's like, you're, you're ugly. Fuck you, bitch. I want to, <laughs> I want to stab you in the throat and then play with your blood or something like yeah. that. They caught me <laughs> really off guard because I've seen the original Psycho uh, and I've seen like Bates Motel with like Vera Farmiga yeah. and uh, Freddie Highmore. And that one's really good. So I'm used to um, to Bateman being more like like shy, I guess, maybe mm-hmm. more more like the Bates Motel. Is that what you're expecting? Yeah, but he's he's definitely like he's confident. He's he's just out there. So this is. He is kind of Norman Bates, and uh, he admits several times that he has murder on his mind, just openly. But like, I don't know if it's just the yuppie culture in general, but nobody ever really pays that much attention to what he's talking about. Yeah, or they like mishear him or stuff like that. Like, I think it's the uh, the same area, the same club. He's they're talking to the girls on the couch and stuff. Yeah. And she's like, what about you? Like, what do you do? And he's like, murders and executions. And she's like, <laughs> oh, murders and... Um, acquisitions. Acquisitions, yeah. That's really yeah. cool. <laughs> yeah, she's like, uh, most people I know that do mergers and acquisitions really hate their jobs. I'm like, yeah. Yeah. And then he just, he didn't really have a comment to that. And um, <laughs> I just thought that was funny. Well, <laughs> he also admitted to his fiance that he has like an insatiable lust for murder that and uh he can't deal with it or something and she yeah. just completely ignored it yeah because it was during the uh, the breakup scene and she just brushes him off yeah yeah it's like it's like one of those things it's like are they even listening or do they even care or is he because, even saying it yeah i mean well like you gotta wonder like are all these people psychos also because they're all just having affairs with each other and they don't really <laughs> yeah. seem to care. He even like comes clean near the end of the movie to uh, to the lawyer. And he's like, oh, that's that's real funny, Marcus, or, or whatever. They kept they kept mixing up Bateman with another guy that looks just like him. And, well, and, they all uh, look the same, too. Yeah. Did you notice that they're all wearing the same suit, the same glasses, the same yep. haircut? And yeah, uh, yeah. Bateman even points that out in one of their first like meeting rooms. He's like, he likes the same suits and same glasses as me, but I've got a better yeah. barber. Oh yeah, of course. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't know if that's one of those things where he's just like, he's striving to like stick out from the crowd. And he thinks that this, uh, this murderous alter ego is what separates him from the rest. I don't, I don't know entirely what that could be, 
but I think that might have something to do with it. We don't know anything about him. We don't know about his family, his friends. We know about his, like, one of his interests is music. He's yeah. really into music, but he doesn't talk about it to anybody because it's all like surface level stuff. Like, he doesn't want to talk about his interests to anybody other than the hookers he hired or the person he's about to kill. He'll talk about music. Basically. Yeah. It's just like there's no self-expression going on in a healthy way. Well, we know he has like a five minute uh, or not even five minute, probably like 50 minute uh, morning routine. Right. He's walking through like 20 minutes of just putting uh, this face cleanser and then this conditioner. And he's just going through this whole list of stuff he's doing as he's as we're seeing it on the on the movie. And yeah, I mean, God, that man's going to have smooth skin. I know. And like, I have nothing against you know, skincare, right? Like everybody needs it. But <laughs> this guy's uh, vanity is something to behold because he's like his morning routines are just insane. He does a thousand crunches. He puts like 50 different uh, skin cleansers on. And yeah. And I don't know if it's something he takes pride in or he just wants to fit in. Cause yeah, uh, just be the best. Yeah, or like be that look the best or something because he hates his job. But when his fiance asks him, like, well, why do you why don't you just quit? And he's like, because I want to fit in. So clearly he wants to fit in with the rest of the yuppie cultures, but he also wants to be his own person. So he's like contradicting in a sense. Oh, yeah, that, that is one of the only things we do hear about his family. His fiance mentions that his dad has money and he doesn't even need to work. but. He just wants oh. to work, I guess. Yeah, that makes sense. And we also found out that he has he's a child of divorced parents. And I don't oh, know, he yep. blamed that on something. I don't remember what it was, but Yeah, so uh so very different from the other Norman Bates that, that had their mom around instead of dad and abusive mom at that. Yeah. I I think my favorite scene overall in this movie is the business card scene. Like the, yep. the very first one they do. <laughs> It's I've seen memes of this. And I did not realize it came from this movie because I was seen like like animated versions of it. Yeah. <laughs> it, it was it seems amazing. like an anime and like how they're <laughs> acting with this. Like it just seems totally like something from an anime. I think that's the greatest part. So over the top, they're like, oh, my God, his is off white eggshell color <laughs> embossed. Oh, it's got the gold font on his name. Now let's How see Paul like, Allen's. <laughs> yeah. How does he prefer Paul Allen's business card to mine? <laughs> uh, and we see that come back like once or twice too. And um, yeah, the, uh, the cuck gives him his card too. Yeah. The cuck comes back and he's like, I got new business cards and they got like fancy little business card holders too. Yeah. And then he shows <laughs> it like- to them and they all just like, they all just like, you know, get all, you know, depressed and shit. I don't know what you'd call that uh, expression. Envious almost, I guess. Yeah, um, envious, but they get all quiet and they're like, oh, that's yeah. really nice, Mark. <laughs> yeah, I got the feeling that he's the uh, he's the runt of the friend group. Not only is he Bateman is. sleeping with his wife, but he uh, he also comes on the Bateman later too in that, yeah. that same like diner after he shows in the business card and 
and Bateman tries to uh, to choke him, and he takes it as a <laughs> the opposite way. Of, of yeah, murder. the part that I thought that was funny is that he was wearing gloves, and he goes and washes his gloves after that. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, just a uh, more subtle or not so subtle hints that uh, he's homophobic as fuck. Yeah, and he's gonna, he's like, he gets all nervous. He's gonna leave the room, and he's like, "Where are you going?" <laughs> he's like, "I have to return some videotapes," <laughs> and then he runs away. So, uh, if you're ever gonna be- get murdered by someone like like Norman Bates, just try like, kissing him or something. Try kissing him, yeah, because he's he's definitely just gonna run away from you. Yeah, if you're a guy, if you're if you're a blonde yeah, girl, no longer you're you're probably just dead. I'm sorry. It, <laughs> it's, it's his yeah, type. They, they they don't go over it in this one, but in um, in Bates Motel, it's because that's what his mother looks like. Oh, that could be it too. It's like a Sigmund Freud thing, maybe. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, I remember when he was in the limo, uh, just picked up the hooker, and he's gonna he's calling it uh, an escort. Yeah, <laughs> like, calling a second I want, escort. I want blonde. Emphasis on blonde. And she shows up she's not blonde. <laughs> like, or was she blonde? Yeah, she was. Like, like, that's right. That's not really blonde. That's more... Did he say like brunette and she's like strawberry blonde? Yeah, that's what it was. <laughs> They're like disagreeing over it. Yep. And I uh, I thought maybe originally he was going to be setting up like a alibi for Paul Allen's death with like the videotape. Because... Yeah. I thought he asked one of the, the escorts to only respond to Christy, which was, I thought Paul Allen's wife, but maybe that's not. what I thought too. But then he just shows his whole face in that video and all that. So I'm like, that can't yeah. be it. And we, we get another meme in that scene that I did not realize from this was from this movie. I thought it was from, uh, I thought it was like Schwarzenegger originally where he's fucking the girls. And then he looks in the mirror and points to, to the mirror. <laughs> oh, yep. Yeah. You Dude is see, really like, obsessed uh, with his vanity. Like yeah. he will like <laughs> stare at himself in the mirror while having it turns him on so much. Yep. You're next, buddy. Yeah, you're next. If he if I could fuck myself, I would. <laughs> God. Yeah, I think the homeless scene in the alleyway was enough to make me hate this character. Like I think I could I could get over all the isms throughout the movie. I really don't give a shit. But right. if you kick a dog to death in an alleyway, I hate you. Yeah, just just that die. was completely unnecessary. <laughs> like, yeah that that just goes to show how completely unempathetic and psychotic he is. Where he just like beats a man. I don't know if he killed him. He did kill him because he stabbed I, him. He stabbed him. Yeah. yeah. So he killed a homeless man and then kicked his dog to death, and that that was just yeah. Yeah, eye-opening. Definitely hope that one wasn't real. Poor puppy. Yeah, no. Uh, they should have no dogs for harmed in the making of this film. <laughs> this guy's fucking worse than Thanos. <laughs> right? <laughs> yeah. He also takes some medication. So, I don't know what the medication is for. It doesn't say on the bottle, but he does take a medication. Uh, right before... I don't know. Okay, I don't know if this Whoa. has to do with like maybe like anti imagining things, but he takes it right before he uh, kills Paul Allen. So interesting that if it was like an anti psychotic medicine, then he would probably break out of the illusion. 
But, I mean, it's pretty clear that he didn't kill Paul Allen because his lawyer was just just at dinner. Yeah. Yeah. So, yeah, it, it just, it makes you wonder, like, where did the illusion start or what did he, what did he think of? Because he has these fantasies, like, when his assistant was going through his book, like, he had all these drawings of all the murders that he did, supposedly. So I don't know if that his, like, delusions are so vivid that while he's drawing it that he actually imagines himself doing it and he does it, or he actually did it. Who knows? I mean, I think it's more than just, um, like, an illusory thing. Like, he he goes back to that, like, apartment where he killed all the girls. Well, thought he killed all the girls. That was Paul Allen's apartment. Yeah. Oh yeah. And it's like being remodeled and stuff like that. So he's, he, he's like imagining it into the real world as well. Cause he like bringing himself to real places and stuff. So yeah, it makes you wonder like, uh, did, uh, cause that lady that was trying to sell the condo or apartment or something. Yeah. She was acting really suspicious. Yeah, that was weird. I'm like, why'd she lie to him about the the ad? Yeah. She's like, oh, you must have saw it in the ad in the Times. And he's like, yeah. And she's like, I didn't put an ad in the Times. You need to leave. <laughs> I was like, this is weird. Like, why would you even do that? It yeah. makes no sense. So the, the, the first conversation between Willem Dafoe and, and, and Bateman when they're doing the interview after Paul Allen's disappearance... Yeah, that was like the tensest scene in the movie. Right, there, you you wonder if like Defoe like knows, and it, it turns out like he doesn't because because Paul Allen wasn't even dead. But it's just I don't know, just the way he's speaking to him, he's just it's such a tense conversation. It's just really good writing in that scene. It was I I really appreciated that scene because. I've had some experience with uh, really bad paranoia. And when you're paranoid, uh, things that come up in normal conversation that seem like could be coincidences automatically means that they're on to you or something, right? Yeah. So that that could have been a play with that kind of thing where he was just like he was paranoid about it. So he imagined him saying these things instead mm-hmm. of him actually doing it because he actually pulled out the album. It was his favorite album yeah. that he killed to killed Paul <laughs> and Allen with. He's like, you ever heard of these guys? I just picked it up on the way here. Yeah. And then like, uh, he's like, no, no, I, I don't uh, like, music. Sound, I don't like music. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I, mean, I think that was the, the racist comment I put down. He's like, they sound too black. They sound too black to me. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> what? what? That's your fuck? favorite song, man. Yeah. But yeah, that, I think that could be it. That's just a theory, though. Um, I I really like that, though. It, it was really intense because it also like I also felt like he knew. Yeah, God, all of all of Bateman's conversations with anyone just make me super uncomfortable. I think mean, that one made me tense, and everything else just made me just uncomfortable for everyone involved. Right. Like, obviously, Bateman doesn't feel awkward about any of the conversations. He's just saying what he says. And then just these people yep. around him are reacting to these just weird things he's saying. And like the weird things that he's doing too. Like they just don't, they like either they have little to no reaction to it because he was clearly dragging a body 
in that bag. Yeah. When he went to put it in the taxi. Yep. Yeah. In the, in the trunk of a taxi, nonetheless. Okay. He's trailing blood. The doorman or the receptionist didn't even, or I guess he was a security guard. He didn't even notice the trail <laughs> of blood coming from that bag. He puts it in the back of the trunk and then uh, one of his friends comes up and he, <laughs> he's like, hey, how you doing? He just doesn't want to talk to him. And uh, he's like, yeah. he looks at it. He looks at the clear <laughs> body in the trunk and he's yeah. like, where did you get that overnight bag? <laughs> it's like, what? I don't know. You could be so materialistic that you just don't even care. I mean... Honestly, I would not be surprised if like in Hollywood you could just like hide a body and people just wouldn't give a shit. Yeah, where did you not where did you get that overnight bag? You got to tell me. <laughs> Looking at the the casting crew again, I just realized that Leto is Paul Allen. Yep. This guy, I do not recognize him in anything he's in. I don't either, man. I see him as IMDb and I'm like, "What the fuck? Jared Leto was in this?" He was in so many movies. Yeah. He's actually a ghost. He will completely change up his look and he looks like a completely different person. And that's like, I don't know if that's like a a thing like that. Like, is it a trait for a good actor in that case? Would you say? Um, yeah, I, I don't know. I have a hard time calling Leto a good actor. Definitely anything that I knew he was in. I wasn't a fan of any of his roles. I think he's a good music artist. Yeah. But uh, like 30 seconds tomorrow. Yeah. That one album. Yeah. I don't know how many albums came out with, but it's a good one. A couple of songs. The Kill. Pretty good. Yep. The Kill. It's like the only song I know. (laughs) I didn't really start to get to know Leto until um, like Morbius and Suicide Squad. So. Yeah, I didn't. I had no idea who he was until Suicide Squad, but he's been in all these films already. And he's just a ghost. Very bad way to like break out into the public eye. Right. Yeah. But yeah, we've we've seen him in a few of our movies now. He's in he was in Fight Club as well, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was uh what Angel. Yeah, the the one who got his face fucked up. Yeah. Yeah, so maybe I have to reevaluate how I feel about him, because he was he was good in that movie. Yeah. He definitely uh played the part. I mean, cause like all of the all of his friends kind of act the same, anyways. Yeah, I couldn't tell them apart. Yeah, I couldn't either. Which I think was intentional. I'm like you guys just all he... look like basic white guys with the same haircut. Yeah, I mean they're all so superficial. You don't know anything about them. All they do is talk about reservations and like Darcy's. world events. And uh, there was like one part, like it was the first time they sat down around each other where they were talking about world events. And uh, there was like some killings happening in some third world com- country. Mm-hmm. And then Patrick goes on this entire monologue. Like if you're if you know anything at all, you'll know that he's just glossing over all the world problems in one sentence. It's like we need to solve world hunger. We need to stop murders or something like he was just going over all these topics but he was just glossing over them and then like at the end of his uh speech everybody was like in tears it's like wow patrick (laughs) that was so moving it's like he said the shit we all know about already 
But I don't think any of them give a fuck. (laughs) They don't really care either. No. And, uh, yeah, it was just like, it's a, (laughs) this whole movie seemed like some sort of boring dystopia because it is like really depressing on how these people act and treated people. Yeah. I, uh, I don't think we've seen them interact too much with like normal, like everyday people other than like the, the homeless men they stabbed to death. <laughs> a lot of it was yeah. just like rich people on rich people. And then the, I guess the few escorts. Yeah, I guess uh, how they treat other. people. Yeah, how they treat people was kind of like a an overstatement because they don't really interact with anybody other than themselves. Because yeah. uh, even his fiance didn't want to break up with him because uh, her reasoning was, well, your friends are my friends. And it's like my friends are your your friends, so I don't think it's gonna work. So, like this whole relationship, yeah, I just straight up denied it. But it's just saying this whole relationship is built on nothing other than knowing each other. You're in the same group, so you might as well get married. Like, come on, yeah, I. (laughs) It's weird. One question that I did have that was lingering after this movie is who is the head in Bateman's freezer? All I seen was that it was a blonde girl, but that could be any of the possible murders in the movie. I couldn't I couldn't recognize the face. I was actually going to ask you that because I (laughs) I don't know. It could have been some random. Well, because at the end, he said he murdered like 20 or 40 people, like somewhere between that. And we didn't get to see all those murders, if that's the case, because we only saw like maximum of like six to be important enough to put in his freezer, I was assuming it was like maybe his fiance. Cause I don't think we seen her again after that, but yeah, I, you know what? It could have been, but who knows? Maybe it's his mother. Maybe we'll never, we'll never figure it out. It could, it, ugh. I felt bad for his uh, receptionist throughout the whole movie or his, uh, his secretary, whatever her position was there. Oh Yeah. She was she was very into him, and then they they went on the date and stuff. And he was getting ready to put a fucking nail gun into her head. <laughs> well, yeah, and she he also treats her really poorly too. He's yeah. like, uh, "Don't wear that outfit ever again." And yeah. he, he like tried to mitigate it by saying it was like, "Oh, you're too good for that," but it was overall just like very poor taste. Yeah, and. Like before they went on that date too, and he's like, "Make sure you change before we go." Yeah, on make date. sure you change and uh, wear heels. I like heels. Yeah, um, just, a, just yeah. a piece of shit. This this guy's a piece of shit. He always has uh, porn or a horror movie playing oh, on his TV yeah. whenever he's doing stuff. And I that. it's I don't know if he's just like desensitized to all that, so he just like if that's anything he would want to put on his TV, it's one of those two. He was he was on a phone call during one of them, and the the lady from the TV was screaming in the background. <laughs> yeah. Like, does your does your caller not like hear this? That was like, that was when he questions? tried to make the that was when he tried to make the reservations to Dorsey, <laughs> and then that's when he was just laughing on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> oh, oh, that yeah. was great. That was weird too. Like, yeah. Oh, can I have a reservation for tonight? And the fucking person answering the phone just laughs at him he's like 
He just loses it. And I, I thought that was great. Yeah. Was such a ego check for Bateman there. Right. And um, the second time he called them, he tried to uh, say that. I, I suppose he'd never even planned on taking her there anyway, so it didn't matter. Uh, yeah. But he called them and he's like, uh, dinner for two at nine. He's like, we're all booked. He's like, oh, sounds great. We'll be sounds there. Sounds great. Yeah. <laughs> it's just a it's just a vanity check to, to one up people. Yeah, because uh, after he said they were going to Dorcia when he was with that one lady and she was just high off her ass on Valium or was it? Yeah, Valium, some sort of combination lithium. of drugs. It was yeah. lithium and uh, she was just out of it and they ended up going to a different restaurant other than Dorcia's. But she was convinced they were at Dorcia's and then, yeah. No, she probably didn't out. take much convincing. She was not there. She was not. And like, then the next ordered day. Ordered for her and everything. <laughs> ordered for her and every. Yeah, that was crazy. He's well, like, I suppose this. she's not even going to be able to make her order. She's so out of it. Yeah. I, I took it more as he was just an asshole and probably does yeah, that when he pushed over too. It, yeah, it, that's that's one of those things. It could be a situation where like, do you want me to order for you? He could have asked. That would have made it a lot better. But um. He just that straight up said it. You're going to order this. Yeah, that that's a dick move. But um, yeah, and then the next day they're at a meeting and he's like, yeah, Dorcia, how'd you score that? And he's like, oh, I just got lucky. So <laughs> he just lied about going to Dorcia's. Like, it's like so much like ego involved in this that you have to lie about going to a certain restaurant. And the fact that these people care that you actually went to a certain restaurant is just goes to show like it's just man like these people yeah. are just it's just such small stuff that sets off Bateman to like Paul Allen saying that he got a reservation in Dorcia and was going there yep. Bateman immediately was like yep I gotta kill this dude <laughs> exactly and the other guy I can't remember his name the the one that was gay uh as soon as he shows the business card he's like yep I'm gonna go fucking strangle this dude <laughs> he's just it's just small oh, things man. that set him it's... off it's uh yeah his insecurities show in the smallest things such as business cards and <laughs> di- dinner reservations and that just shows how fragile it is and yeah yeah don't be like that people cuz don't be like that it's not a good role model yeah you should mind your own business and care about things and have interests that aren't murdering <laughs> then maybe you won't end up like patrick Speaking of murdering, that fucking chainsaw drop down the stairwell was amazing. Yeah, that was like a, <laughs> that was some sort of trick, wasn't it? That was a hat trick. That was like, th- this is one of the scenes is the only one where I was like, okay, maybe this isn't real. This seems like, like no one's coming out of their rooms or is this whole place abandoned? Because he's thing. running down the hallway naked with a chainsaw screaming. I was wondering the same thing. He is butt ass naked running through the <laughs> apartment building with a chainsaw and screaming and nobody she's banging on the doors and everything and nobody's answering. Yep. I'm like, that's that's kind of hard to believe. You can't really get me on that one. Yeah. And as soon as I seen him go over the uh, railing to look at her, I'm like, oh, he's going to drop that thing on her. <laughs> yeah. Cause he was, like, it, like hit yeah. her in the side. Like it looked like it went through her, the side of her chest. It's like, yeah, I, I don't, don't know how that happened. You think if uh, she was running, it would like go on right on top of her head or something. But yeah, 
yeah, I don't know. Maybe it was just for the sake of uh, the end piece. Yep. Good, good scene though. I, uh, yeah. I'm really glad the voicemails don't read themselves out anymore. <laughs> so we don't have like answering machines like that. Yeah. When he's uh, on his date with Gene, he uh, is getting like the gelato and stuff, and he's bringing it over to her, and his voicemail from his from his affair starts reading itself out loud, and yeah. And it makes Gene not want to be there anymore. Yeah, that's. I don't know. Yeah, that, I don't know what what made that such a good idea in the first place. Because like you I, missed the call. You you don't. Why would it? Why would you want to play it like as you're missing the call in case it yeah. was somebody important? I don't know. Phone makers uh, reply to us. Yeah, Nokia or whoever made like landline docked phones like that back then they do that yeah. in breaking bad too they do there's a couple times where it reads itself out <laughs> loud I, I never understood that like you're gonna have to clear the voice message like number one thing anyways it's still gonna be on there until you the button on there is still gonna blink until you press it and listen yeah. to it again so i don't know why it does that in the first place never got that but also i think it was because you were able to answer the phone while they were leaving the voicemail so you, you'd actually pick up the call oh yeah i guess so then you're hearing the part of the conversation and can just pick it up yeah but, yeah i've seen a lot of that happening but you know it's not our generation thing yeah because we don't even i mean if you miss a call it's straight into a different thing you can't pick it up anymore very interesting yeah we we get to the scenes later where he's dealing with the two escorts that he bought the, uh, the one from earlier for the second time. And then his, uh, I guess it was his friend, non-escort. And you just see bodies all over the apartment. Yep. Just this guy's fucking insane. He is. <laughs> just all and, blonde um, girls. All blonde girls. <laughs> Maybe if it is a, a mother thing. Who knows? Could be. I think the, the one that was on the couch with him, the, she seemed like she was a friend or something or knew him from high school. She was the only non-blonde. She was like a redhead. Yeah, I think she might have been like a college friend or something. Yeah. Uh, she's also uh, a business type. So she's kind of in the same uh, culture, so to speak. Yeah. She's like not a lesbian. And then we cut to her making out with the, the escort shortly <laughs> after. Right. What if I'm drunk enough? I am. Yeah. And drugged up because he crushed yeah. up into the drinks. Yep. He also, uh, with the first pair that he got, uh, after they made that film, he grabbed a coat hanger from his drawer. Yeah. I was looking at her cuts as she was walking out. I'm like, I don't get it. Was he whipping her with it? And then she I, said she had to go I to imagine. the hospital. So yeah. I'm like, what, what did you do? She looked like fine other than like superficial cuts as she walked I, out. I don't, my only guess is that he like really fucking did some heinous torturing going on. Internal stuff maybe down there. Yeah. Because he did bite the redhead down there as he was going down on her. Yeah. When he kills Loki later. He is a fan of Ted Bundy. So I could see, I could (laughs) see why he does that. And Ed Gein. And he admitted to uh, eating some of the brains when he confessed. Man, that's, that's. Yeah, he's a sick man. Yeah, he uh, he starts going on his breakdown near the end, and he just starts crunching on the bottle of pills. Like, he had the bottle of pills you mentioned earlier. 
And instead of just swallowing them all, he starts crunching them as he's on the phone calling that lawyer. I, I didn't even notice that. Insane. Or, um, sorry, not the lawyer. When he's on the, the payphone calling um, Jean. His, uh, oh, his yeah. And she was really worried about him. <laughs> Why are you so sad? <laughs> he hangs yeah. up. Like, okay, I get it. Taking all the pills, but I just I can't do the crunching. Just knowing what that kind of stuff tastes like when they put the the bitterant on it. Oh yeah, uh, it's not good. Uh, reminds me of those mouth easy. Those chews for like vitamin chews. Mm-hmm. They were kind of built like that, and just the chalky texture of it. I mean, they didn't taste bad. I mean, I can only imagine if it was actual medication and sitting there chewing on it, but like. Ugh. No, I've I've had gel coated pills before, and uh, keeping those in my mouth long enough, I had a bad time like swallowing pills. Oh yeah, it took me a while to get used to that. And like, if you put it in your mouth too long, it starts to dissolve. And <laughs> uh, that taste was enough to ward me off from ever putting it in my mouth again. So yeah. I completely understand why they they make medicine bitter for kids because it only takes once for you to never want to do it again. Yeah, I never really had a problem with medication i used to take these big ass pills they're probably like an inch long <laughs> it was uh concerta for my adhd and i'd take those once a day like i i, I kind of was worried at first about choking on it but like i just know i had to like i had to get a whole mouthful of water before i s- <laughs> swallowed it or else i was worried it was gonna like go sideways in my throat you know choke on it but never yeah. really had a problem with it can't remember what it was. I had I had some of those big capsules they had to swallow at one point and take for a while and I just ugh. it took me a while to to get it. I had to perfect it with like applesauce and stuff. <laughs> I, I could never do it with like just a drink. It just would not yeah. come down. I have bad gag reflex. Oh yep. Yeah. Uh, that'll do it for sure. Yeah. <laughs> so um he he starts going off near the off the rails near the end. And he just starts fucking shooting everyone he sees. And I was just, yeah. at that point, I was just, I was loving it. He's. I think uh, uh, what really, like, when he first starts doing all this stuff, like, the ATM says, feed me a stray cat. Yeah. <laughs> there's a cat, a stray cat at his feet. He was going to shoot the cat. Oh. And then this uh, old lady comes up. He's like, what are you doing? And then he just shoots her. <laughs> I was tensed up because i thought he was gonna like feed the cat into the machine i was like no please do not show me that i know he tried to also but it seemed like he did he he was like pushing it up against the machine and he's like oh it won't fit i gotta kill it (laughs) (laughs) i don't know it kills like six cops yeah his his front desk guy and the fucking janitor he turns back around and comes back in to kill the janitor (laughs) yeah and another thing he, he was uh shooting at the cops and then the the whole car just explodes oh yeah like, was there a bomb in the car like why did it explode movie stuff i suppose say it hit the gas tank or something yeah yeah so is it all in his head who knows i mean well you know most of it's probably in his head but who knows if all of them are who knows obviously the medication he was taking was not strong enough or if it even was medication for the right thing. He had, he had a lot of pills left when he started crunching down. Maybe he forgot to take it for a while. Oh, maybe he did. 
Yeah. I don't know. That it's something to think about, and that's what the beauty of the movie is: is to uh, make your own interpretation. Indeed. Yeah. So uh, that's all I have on this movie. I, uh, yeah, me too. It's, it's it's a good thriller. It's a good uh, what not to do as a as a dark person. comedy. <laughs> yeah. So what do you? Uh, what what you been watching lately? What's on the TV? Still watching Sopranos. Watching Last of Us. It's great. How many uh, how many seasons are in that? You've been watching that for a while. Six seasons, and like we've been watching it on and off. Like there'll be like stretches we'll be watching Sopranos, and then where we're not watching Sopranos, we're watching You or The Last of Us or um, Euphoria or something. Like we're we're just jumping around a lot. It keeps it fresh, I guess. Because yeah, yeah. I, as much as I love binge watching a show, like I can I can do with some different stuff every once in a while yeah i think we're in release season here i don't know what it is it's usually like two times in the year where just all the shows drop their seasons it seems yeah. like we're, we're coming up on one of those i think it's usually yeah. like april yeah we got but yeah we got uh last of us we got you we got the mandalorian yeah a lot of good stuff coming out yeah. these days yeah i was sick. I got food poisoning on Sunday, so I was I was home for a couple days this week. I uh, finished a lot of shows, so I, uh, I finished up you last night because the the second part of season four just just dropped. I yep finished all that in one night. Oh, you did! Wow, this is very good. Highly recommend. It's probably one. I'm of the excited best to see the second part. Finished uh, Alice in Borderland season two. Okay. So very good. How many uh, seasons is uh, Alice in Borderland? Just its second season finished up. Oh, okay. And it could be done, could not be. They left it open, I guess. Yeah. I've I've heard it's a pretty popular. It must be a pretty popular show because, you know, my, my coworkers are also talking about that show. So, yeah, that one's based off a, a manga. So I think it's it's got a fan base that came with it. Yeah, it's also like one of those game shows like people love that shit. Like, yeah, uh, like Squid Squid Games also. It's very much like that. It's really good. Finished up Physical 100. That was just a quick nine, nine episodes. Yeah, yeah. We watched uh, probably half of that so far. It was pretty good. We watched the part after they got done with that. That fighting where they were like wrestling each other. Oh, we got the. the, uh, like the second quest or something like that. Yeah. Oh, actually, no. We da- we got done with the quest after that one because it was the one that they had to build the bridge and uh, move oh. the sandbags across the bridge. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's a good show, though. I, I like that. Very good. I got actually quite a few movies crossed off my list because I would finish a show and I'd be like, okay, what now? Yeah. And then I'd like watch a movie and I'd be like, oh, I forgot about that show and. So I, I watched like the verdict. Uh, that one was pretty good. Uh, it was a movie that was in my legal realm, so I figured I should check it out. Right. And yeah. then uh, finally got around to watching uh, No Country for Old Men. Yeah. It's also very good. Have and you seen? Then, uh, sorry. sorry, going back to the legal realm of movies. Have you seen uh, The Color Purple? Uh, I have not. Okay. That that one's good. I would recommend that for legal scenes, I guess. Add that to my list here. 
And then I watched The House on Netflix. Like a it's a it's three short films in one all about the central theme of a house. And it's like like not claymation, but it's like miniatures. Oh yeah. I've it's a uh, stop motion, but like yeah. with like uh yeah, they're like all fuzzy. I'm assuming it's like made out of like yarn or cotton. Or something. Yeah, you have all three of them have a different art style. That's that's the first one. And okay. don't be dissuaded by the trailer. I thought it was going to be a creepy movie. I yeah, I saw the trailer and I'm like, I don't know. I don't think <laughs> I want to watch this. So, I mean, if you're going to recommend it, I'll, I'll give it a watch. But yeah, that that trailer definitely deterred me from watching it. <laughs> <laughs> it did for me, too. But I, I finally put it on. And the the first movie is about those guys and it's but the the second two movies, I think, are worth watching. So I I enjoyed those. All right. Yeah, I'll check it out. So, yeah, I I definitely finished a a lot of a lot of cinema recently here. Yeah, I haven't watched a whole lot of movies recently, Um, I guess, you know, since last time. I mean, American Psycho, but I, I haven't been watching a whole lot of movies. We are going to go see Cocaine Bear tonight, so I'll uh, I'll let you know how that is. Uh, Excited for that one. That one main thing, insane. the main thing. I mean, other than the theme, it just sounds great. But it's also Ray Liotta's last movie before he died. Yep. So yeah, I just felt like I had to see it. I mean, he's the main character. One of my favorite movies ever. So yeah, Goodfellas or. Goodfellas, yeah. Irishman was good too. I don't think he was in Irishman, honestly. Was he not? I feel like no. he's in every, every like not, Irish. Not in everyone. <laughs> there is one of the actors though that is in every one of them. De Niro, yeah. <laughs> the De Niro and that other guy. What's he? He played Tommy, I think. He's like a short, stout guy. Oh, you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yeah, I know who you mean. He's in a lot of them too, but yeah, super excited about Cocaine Bear. Yeah, and if you want, uh, Joe Pesci is the the short one. Yes, that that's him. If you would like to announce our movie for the second half of of March, for your pick. Oh, yes, I will do that. As soon as I remember, it's Friday. It's Friday. Other than it, it being Friday today. today, it's Friday the movie, 1995 film, comedy. It's it's really funny. I don't. Have yeah. you seen it already? You haven't seen it I, yet, have you? If not, that's got Ice Cube in it, right? Yeah, Ice Cube and uh, Chris Tucker. Okay, interesting combo. Classic. I've seen it so many times. It's so good. Yeah, I look forward to that. So if you guys have any movie or video game suggestions as we do those two, hit us up at hazardousopinions at gmail.com or shoot us a message at hazardousopinions on Instagram. And now Spotify added this really cool feature. So if you uh, click on the episode and look in the description, you can see a little poll box and you can send us suggestions that way or just your general thoughts on the movie or the podcast. And as well as that, please leave us a rating on Apple or Spotify and let us know what you think. Absolutely. 
Can't wait to hear from you. Now we're going to go return some videotapes. We have to return some videotapes. Bye. In 87, Huey released this for their most accomplished album. I think their undisputed masterpiece is Hip to Be Square. A song so catchy, most people probably don't listen to the lyrics, but they should, because it's not just about the pleasures of conformity and the importance of trends, it's also a personal statement about the band itself. Hey, Paul! <laughs>